In this episode, we talk to Verizon Media about 5G. With so much hype over the years, is it really poised to transform the way we live, work, learn and play? And what does it really mean? Thanks, Tony, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I lead our global ad creative technology and innovation practice. Um, So basically, if I were to summarize that, if you're running an ad across our ecosystem, my team touches it, uh, whether it's from design or the interactive development. And we also lead uh, all of the new sectors as we're looking at new opportunities for clients to test as innovation is taking form in the industry. Great. Okay, let's kick off. So firstly, break it down. What is 5G? Oh, the age-old question. Uh, For four or five years, we've seen 5G on our faces uh, across the marketing speak. Uh, But very simply, 5G is the fifth generation of wireless technology. If we take a little walk through time, it wasn't too long ago that we did not have a wireless connection that we could connect with each other. So 1G brought us that first, you know, Zach Morris brick phone uh, where we could connect with each other. 2G brought us to text. We stopped talking to each other forever and eternity. Uh, 3G was a watershed moment, right? It was the first time we actually got access to the Internet. The information age was really deployed. Uh, 4G. Um, especially in the marketing sector, was extremely important because we started to get a much higher file size resolution for things like video. And 5G, here we are, uh, is sort of bringing on what's dubbed the post-smartphone era, right? Now, that sounds very futuristic. Your phone's not going away uh, tomorrow. Um, But what it's really talking about is enabling this community of connected devices that can interact with one another. Now... How is that possible, right, is the question that everybody asks. Well, 5G is a little different um, from an infrastructure perspective. Uh, For the first time ever, 5G is opening up uh, higher frequency radio bands. Sometimes we forget that our wireless ecosystem is really running across radio bands. Everything you've known to date, 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, uh, has really been running on either low or mid frequency radio bands below 6 gigahertz. 5G is opening up new spectrum above 24 gigahertz called millimeter wave, right? Now, there's some advantages and disadvantages to this new spectrum. Uh, The advantages is that it has extremely high bandwidth, right? To the tune of perhaps 100 times the value that we could in the lower bandwidth sectors. Um, The challenge is that it doesn't travel as far, right? So on 4G, on 3G, those giant macro cell towers, uh, you know, that nobody wants in their backyard that we see uh, are really powering the network because those signals can travel, you know, up to 10 miles on a mid-frequency, up to 100 on low-frequency, Uh, Whereas 5G, that higher frequency radio band, uh, can only travel up to perhaps a mile or even shorter. Um, So the infrastructure has to change, right? And uh, the way the networks are addressing that is by deploying what are called small cells, right? Instead of that massive uh, Eiffel Tower-like tower, uh, imagine something that looks like a large shoebox that sits on a light pole or on a building corner, Mm. right? And it's a denser network that uh, brings the connection closer to the consumer. So that's really interesting, but there's a lot of talk over the last few years about it being a concept of 5G versus actually being in real life and we're seeing 5G products. Now that we are seeing it rolled out and it's becoming much more of bigger things, what are some of the key things that you've really noticed 
that's happened so you know you talk about speed that's like going to be a huge thing but what does it what have you noticed that's like in my everyday life yeah and i would just even take a step back when we were here at ces last year uh, our ceo hans vesberg was on stage talking about how 5g had the potential to change everything at the time verizon had rolled out tests in four markets none of the other carriers were live so we really were talking conceptually right this year wow, what a year can change. Verizon has rolled out in 31 markets. The other networks have also rolled out uh, you know, the infrastructure for 5G. So this is really the first year that consumers will even have a handle on it, right? Most consumers don't have a 5G-enabled uh, product in their yeah, pocket right, now. exactly. Exactly, right? Now the device marketplace has to catch up, right? Actually having devices and that turnover will take a year and a half, two years for to really sort of meet, reach the mass scale. Um, but I think, you know, at CES last year, 5G was plastered all over the show floor, uh, especially the device manufacturers, chipset manufacturers, Qualcomm had just rolled out their new chip. Uh, this year, we see that evolving to more of the implications of the connected ecosystem, right? So rather than talking about 5G just on a billboard, uh, they're really looking at practical use cases that might not be the phone in your pocket, but how does a smart city take form with the power of a network that's non-latent and that can have live and real-time communication between all these objects to um, you know, interact in real time? Great. So are there any examples you've seen out there already that you love or what you guys are working on that you can share a little bit about? Yeah. And, and I would say, too, that a lot of these things are in concept mode, right? We've just rolled out the network. Uh, those use cases are taking form. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of practical advantages that uh, 5G can bring uh, to different sectors uh, of, of transportation, of healthcare, of education uh, in many different ways. Uh, you know, just looking at the show floor this year and, and some of the examples that I think will be supercharged on a 5G network, uh, Toyota. Uh, rolled out their Woven City. I don't know if you saw it on the show floor, um, but they're really talking about rolling out uh, an urban test community where people will be living and researching at the base of Mount Fuji, and the entire ecosystem is a sustainable ecosystem that will be um, you know, powered uh, by energy efficient wow. uh, uh, things. But the entire community, community will be autonomous and interconnected. How far do you see that? in our future or how close in our future? Yeah, I can't speak for Toyota. No, but um, like but generally, yeah, is that like yeah. soon? Well, I would say, you know, I, th I do think uh, people's favorite example of this ecosystem is autonomous driving, right? Everybody right. goes yeah. to that example uh, immediately, right? Now, there's a lot of challenges with that ecosystem. And if, if you know anything about the auto sector's sort of levels of autonomy, yeah. and we're not, we're not even close yet to this sort of fully autonomous cycle, especially when you're making decisions about human life, right? Uh, as a car is driving down the street, we've kind of seen all this stuff in the press. Uh, there's an ecosystem where, uh, you know, uh, uh, this autonomous vehicle is also interacting with humans and other cars. And so, you know, put it up to a New York City taxi driver. Like, who's going to win that battle? The autonomous yeah. vehicle turning right or the taxi driver that's going to know that street? Like, that's not a pra practical yeah. battle. When I actually landed in Vegas for CES, um, I opened Lyft and it, it asked me if I was eligible um, for driverless car. And it asked me to go through the steps. Now, at the time, I just wanted a taxi, so I didn't go through the process. 
but I thought that was really interesting because they do seem to have them here in Vegas and and I'm really curious to understand like what that eligibility is because like you yeah. said it's a barrier for people to actually get over to feel comfortable that we are in this living in this space where it's safe and it's good yeah well and I would say take yourself out of that for a minute right, right? let's think about more practical use cases even right. in the autonomous sector uh, you know you're gonna see use cases that are more like a delivery mechanism can you deliver yeah. my groceries right, right. with an autonomous vehicle it's not putting you in the vehicle um, so yeah. it's a it's a it's a much less risky case yeah. um, to sort of test the technology wouldn't that make a lot of sense uh, you know last year uh, one of the autos and I'm forgetting which one uh, had a vehicle that actually could uh, replace first responders. I live in California. We've had massive wildfires. Imagine if the first person that went into that ecosystem was an autonomous vehicle, not a human life that we're risking. Right. So you did touch a little bit on the CES. We are here at the Consumer Electronics Show, the world's biggest technology festival. So you talked about Toyota. Is there anything else that you've seen in the world of 5G? Any ideas or specific products that you, you like blew your mind? Yeah, and, and I would even say, like, um, it doesn't necessarily have to just be 5G. I think right. 5G is an infrastructure that will, uh, you know, launch this whole community. Right. And, and when I'm talking to marketers, uh, you know, they always say, well, what's, what should my 5G strategy be? Uh, right. And so I always come back and I say, well, what was your 3G strategy? What was your 4G strategy? And you don't have them, yeah. right? Because you have a consumer strategy. So think about 5G as a new tool. Now, what's inevitable is that new industries will sprout on top of that. It will advance and evolve existing industries. Um, you know, I think the most interesting thing, uh, or one of the most interesting thing outside of the smart communities, because I just think that's a fascinating thing for human society, but a little closer to home too in the, in the marketing sector, is this concept of uh, surface proliferation. The concept that we have very inflexible technology in our phone, in our TVs, it's wasteful. Um, so on the show floor, you, you kind of see these bendables, you have a foldable phone, you have LG launching rollable TVs. Now, I don't think they're practical today. I think, uh, uh, you know, I think the uh, uh, Royale was uh, reviewed as charmingly awful uh, in the press last year. So um, it has a ways to go, but it can open your mind to thinking about surfaces uh, really taking form in new ways, right? Do we have to be trapped to the screens that we have today? Can that uh, you know, take form in the glass around us? Or you know, in the glass in our auto, you know, as we're driving down the street, imagine if we didn't have to fumble with our phones and you know, all the challenges we have with people trying to text and drive, if the windshield became the screen by which it's communicating, you had periphery, turn-by-turn uh, -turn directions or notifications. You know, you can kind of see yeah. this human element take form and why it can be a helpful advantage for us. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I saw was a AI kitchen assistant. And it could tell on your work, on your worktop surface, you could put your ingredients on yeah. your worktop surface. It could identify them and then it would project on next to it some recipe yeah. ideas and how to make it, how long it would take. I just thought that was incredible. Yeah, and that, it's exactly what I'm talking right. about too, it's, right? You're, you're taking it's away not a the screen. screen. You're just yeah. using uh, you know, holographic imagery to overlay yeah. augmented reality. And, and I think, you know, I'm, I, I love cooking. 
Um, so I Me love too, the which is why that, I loved that. And, and there are so many times that I've gone to the grocery store and come back and been like, oh, I already had that or I didn't have that. Um, LG did have a smart refrigerator, which I think is something that has been touted. Right. But I, I remember can, hearing about that last year where you can put it, your ingredients in, in or your shopping in your fridge. And it would then tell you. Yeah, your, it's yeah. basically scanning your fridge right. to give you a stock of inventory, uh, which is both good for us not to be wasteful, because yeah. I think that's the hardest thing. Um, but also for me, as I'm at the store, being you know the the forgetful person that I am, not knowing that I already have you know a, a two gallon uh, jug of milk, so that I don't buy that. You know, th yeah. there are very practical advantages of of technology sort of taking form uh, and informing us. Now, imagine I'm coming home from work. Uh, and I'm passing by a grocery store and my refrigerator is communicating to my car and telling me, hey, mm -hmm. you need to stop in and get this. It pre-populates a text to my wife that says, hey, is there anything else you all need? Um, you know, you can kind of think about uh, uh, this ambient technology taking form to rather than us barking commands at a, a voice box or doing those things, but technology sort of getting out of the way and really just being helpful seamlessly. I think that's really interesting because you also you know, when you're talking about our other devices or our other platforms talking to each other in a seamless way, I think that's more and more in this world that we live in that we want because, you know, can our fridge talk to our cooker and our oven to turn on yeah. at the time that we need it to turn on? So, yeah, getting making technology useful and improving the way that we live and it's yeah. fitting into our lives well, and don't forget we built technology right right and so verizon talks about um you know the progress in 5g as powering human ability the idea is that this is supposed to make our lives better and bring advantages to how we live and how we connect and you know even even on a more personal level um you know most of what we see in the content ecosystem is really evolved in how we communicate Right. And if you just even take a step back, the way we communicated when phones just started, we'd call uh, each other and take an, uh, an example. I have a little daughter. I have a five month little girl. Uh, and I think about her growing up. Her grandma lives in Ohio. We live in California. It's hard to stay connected. Yeah. Right. Um, but in the olden days, she'd call her and she'd hear her voice, but you can't see her. She sees her in person. She says, stranger danger. Yeah. Who is that woman? Right. We've all evolved, you know, in recent past to video calling. And wow, what progress that has made in the way we communicate where we can see each other's reactions now imagine you know the next phase of that communication really taking form where grandma and her daughter can sit in the same room contextually from afar right they can actually feel uh you know the actual 3d presence of each other um and strap on a haptic suit if we really yeah. want to get there and grandma can give uh, her granddaughter a virtual hug yeah it's great so do you see any challenges in the future or right now? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest challenge uh, in scaling 5G, again, is that infrastructure. Now, the carriers have been working on this, and I know Verizon's been working on this for the better uh, part of the past five years and really just deploying the technology. But in any generational launch, it's going to center in urban cities out of the gates, right? Especially the high frequency waves that really only can travel a short distance. Uh, and then it's going to take time for it to really sort of reach nationwide coverage. Now, um, I think that'll be the challenge and just sort of getting there. Uh, the other piece, of course, is just uh, uh, the device market, right? I think we're going to see, you know, not only mobile devices transform, but pairing devices, you know, as you're talking about the overlay in the kitchen, that can't come from my phone. Right. So that means that I have to have some device that's pairing with my phone that allows me to sort of open up the lens beyond this three by six inch screen. Yeah. 
So from your perspective then, what are you guys doing out in the marketplace and talking to whether it's agencies or clients? Yeah, I mean, you know, I talk about 5G right now uh, from the marketing space as we're building on 5G. We're not yet delivering on 5G, right? Um, again, because we need consumers to have those devices. Uh, we have a 5G-enabled content studio in Playa Vista uh, where we're already building and testing with clients, um, you know, new ways of uh, advancing the production process, expanding the breadth of what we can do uh, with things like motion capture and vol volumetric capture. Um, we just did uh, a really cool execution at the Star Wars premiere. Uh, I imagine most of you are familiar, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, uh, you know, that the new uh, uh, release came out. Uh, and as you're walking down the red carpet, um, you're greeted, uh, you know, with this hangar and it opens up and there's two Sith jet troopers that are holographic 3D uh, images uh, and you get to interact in real time. Now, you're not yet certain on what's going on here, right? Typically, we have a one to many experience where you're walking by a video or you're walking by a billboard, right? Um, as you progress, uh, you see that the, the troopers are actually actors in our Playa Vista studio that are being captured in, in real-time motion capture and then being streamed in real-time uh, across LA um, to have a, a live interaction with you. And it's just a really cool example. I encourage you to check it out. It's yeah, out there. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and it, it's just l little things like that, you know, that we're really sort of testing in the studios to say, you know, what does the next evolution of content really look like uh, for us to all be thinking about and to be ahead of. Great. That was fantastic. Really, really fascinating. Thanks so much, Tony, for joining us. Of course. That's it for this episode of Provocation with Purpose, the podcast that talks about pushing the boundaries and imagining the potential face of media and what it means for us. Subscribe and stay tuned for more from Team Mindshare. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mindshare underscore USA. Thank you.